Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. <clears throat> Excuse me, my voice is going, but it'll come back, I hope, during this talking. Um, it is the 12th of August already. I can't believe, you know, yesterday was a big marking day. Um, one, it was my mom's birthday, and it was also one of my best friends, Dr. Mihoko Nelson, who um, passed away in a plane crash. And yesterday marked a year, and the FAA still has not determined how the plane crashed. It usually takes them about a year, so I'm thinking maybe longer. But, wow, it, it's just one of those things that I thought, God, how did a year go by? And also so grateful for knowing her. And we used to have this topic a lot because, of course, she was a neurologist and she worked in a hospital in Pasadena called Huntington Memorial Hospital. And she would say, I can take care of a brain, but I can't control somebody's ego. And whether or not her patients would listen to her, whether or not they'd get off a medication that they were on, whatever it was, she knew that she can only take a person so far. So yesterday I was thinking about, okay, what is it about ego that we listen to when we ultimately know that it is going to steer us away from love? I don't get how it does it so easily and how it creeps into our mind. And there are times that the suggestions of ego, because the further you get along in your life and the more experience you have and the less you're, you know, all dramatic about what you're going to do and all of that, the voice of ego starts to sound a little bit ridiculous. Like, what the heck, where did that idea for me to do it that way show up from? Well, it showed up from our egos. And then I thought, even now at my age, where I'm just minding my own business, I'm home, I'm working or cooking or doing something, that I love doing. And ego will take one or two vulnerable situations in our lives and just slide these comments in that I can't even repeat to myself at times. And it startles me and it makes me feel bad because for a minute I think I thought it. And then I realized Oh, my God, that's ego. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not scared. And I don't even think like that. So I'm not even going to feel bad for the thought I just had because I can recognize that it is not mine. It, it tries to figure a 
avenue of vulnerability, of fear. A lot of times for parents, it's, it's your kids. What if something happens? What's it, and, and it wants to keep you in a state of fear and doubt and worry. Or if you have a job and somebody's getting ahead of you and they're like, oh, you better try this, you better do that. And it might even get you to steal something or steal an idea or whatever it is and then try to present yourself in a better light as though you weren't worth that light in the first place. And it's a pretty darn loud voice if you don't catch it early on. And it keeps nagging you and nagging you until you do it. Back in the day, back in the day, because I have not heard this expression in, in this time and in this age about the devil made me do it. Or you'd hear someone, and they weren't schizophrenic, and they would say, there was a voice in my head that kept talking. I don't know if you guys remember the voice in my head theories. I just remember a woman who killed someone in a cabin that she knew, and she said the voice in my head wouldn't stop until I did it. Those are the extremes. Once we get into acting on it, like stealing money, hurting another person, hurting ourselves, not taking care of ourselves, not taking medication we're supposed to, taking medication we're not supposed to, you know, whatever it is that's going on in our world, in our lives, ego's always ready, willing, and available. It tells us not to try things. It tells us we're alone in this world. There's nobody here. It gives us a false sense, huge false sense of ourselves, and tries to make us think that we're actually better than other people or worse. It is the boxes that we live in. All, if you were to mark them up when you were packing, you just put ego on it. It doesn't stop. However, there are ways to tell us to go away every time it shows up, right? There's always a way. But the key is recognition. The minute I hear things like, I can't, I won't, just out of spite, not out of like really I won't, I always just step back. And I will say to the person, if they're in front of me, which I've had, I know it's going to sound weird to say this, the pleasure of seeing it. Because I can see it a mile away. We can all see it in someone else very easily. Ah, oh, they're listening to their ego. We see it. But, but the issue 
not just of seeing it, but watching someone listen to it is even harder to do, especially when they're in the I think I'm better than other people stage. That's that's the bigger one because that's where it's obvious. When people are trying to heal themselves by doing something that even takes them further into listening to their ego, that's that's sad. That's when we get sad. That's when we look and we go, oh, God, I wish they could hear me. A lot of times when I'm helping somebody, and they're listening to their ego, and I'm saying what I'm saying, it tells them things like, oh, that's going to take too long to do. Being nice doesn't work. You're going to have to wait for a long time. You can get it much faster by doing this. Don't listen to her. And I'm not asking you to listen to me. I'm just giving you a way out. But when it's in, and we're already running amok, let's say you listen to ego and you lied. And you lied to somebody you really like. It came in. It's already there. You already committed the action it asked of you. Because we all know that ego has an entrance plan, but it does not have an exit plan. Once you do what it wants you to do, it's gone. It's gone. There's nowhere to be found. You're just left hanging high and dry. So what do you do once it's already in and you've already done what it asks? You have to go back now and tell the truth. Or you're never going to have the same relationship again with that person. You never, ever will. And the reason would be is that you know you lied to them. And even if it's the silliest, dumbest lie you could ever tell, the fact that you told it to them, you betrayed the barrier of trust between you and another person. Not them, and it still bothers you. That's how crooked a lie is, believe it or not. That's how crooked a lie is. That it will even, without the other person knowing, will bother the heck out of you. There was someone, and and this was a huge lesson in ego, and it wasn't even something I lied about. It was just something I didn't tell somebody. And not because I was purposely not telling them. I, I started dating somebody, and I really care a lot about this person till this day. And when I first met them 
we didn't, you know how you meet someone and you just tell them everything? We never did that. And over time, you know, things unfold and things come out and there's things we may be embarrassed about that we've done in our lives. And as time went on, the more we told each other, then the stuff that was hidden beneath that started showing up. And it was like, oh, well, they don't know this. Well, they don't need to know that. And all of a sudden, the they don't need to know that was in the forefront of my mind. It's like it was waiting its turn. We told this, told that, told this, told that, told this, all the way down the pike. And we were just getting to deeper and deeper. It was just a matter of time while you know someone. But the things that were starting to show up in me were the things that maybe in the past there was a lot of judgment about them. And I just didn't want anybody to know. I just thought, you know, well, that's my own privacy. And I I justified it in a lot of ways because it keeps creeping up. Like, no, that's something they should know. You may want to marry this person one day. And it wouldn't go away. Then I started thinking of when and how and, you know, where I was going to tell this person these things. And then I couldn't. Then it was bothering me that I held it back. Like, oh, that's not okay. What if they find out? I don't even know what, you know, they find out. But then one night, We were sitting and talking, and there was just this weird conversation we were having that actually opened the door that gave me an opportunity, because my intention was to tell it, but I wasn't there. It was something I, I really haven't told anyone. The only people who knew were like my kids and my best friend. And when I told him, It was totally like nothing. I'm carrying it around like it's a ball and chain. It was bugging my brain. At every turn, I felt like I was holding this information back. It was my information that would have truly, ultimately made a difference but not yet. And my ego allowed me to feel scared of the truth. It was a truth. It's part of me. It's who I am. I wasn't embarrassed about it to myself, but I was to other people. Because I felt stupid for a decision I made because I was coerced into making it, it's not something I would have done on my own, but ultimately I took responsibility for it. And because I did it and I didn't listen to my instinct, and that was the last time in my lifetime, so I'm grateful for the situation, that I did not listen to my instinct, 
And that person taught me that, the one I did it for or because of. And I had to take responsibility for the fact that I did not listen to myself. And that's why I always push everybody to listen to themselves because that feeling of knowing that you can and that nobody can make you feel like you owe them something, nobody owes anybody anything. And ego makes you think that. If you can't be loyal to yourself to do something to show your loyalty to someone else is not loyal. That's not listening to yourself. But ego packages in bright colors. And then it just fades to black in a second. Once you've done what ego asks you to do. But when I didn't listen to ego, which is the bigger deal, and I told the truth, which is just my truth, and I know if I'd never said anything to him, he never would have known or asked, but it was affecting my behavior because it made me feel like I was holding something back, like I wasn't being honest, you know, all these things. But to the person that I told, I was like, wow, okay. And we were like, on to the next thing. For me, it was like I just burped Mount Everest. Like literally burped it out of me. And I'm like, wow, the world doesn't see it that way. Why was it such a big deal to me? Well, it was a big deal to me because ego, my ego, was trying to use it against me. And the minute I told it, it lost all its power. It was gone in an instant. It was like a sneeze. You sneeze and then you're just coming to and you don't even know what happened. It's just gone. That saying, the worst truth is better than the best lie, That's the worst truth, better than the best lie. The minute you tell the truth, ego leaves the scene. And it can talk a great talk in your head. And the more we listen to it, the more hurt and pain lives around our lives. That's why when I hear things, I go, oh, (laughs) I get it. And I counteract it with the truth. That's not what's going on. This is what's going on. There are some people in our world who really believe, and and, and a lot of people, let me change that, in our world, really believe that some of those thoughts that they are having are their own. And they are not. They are the voice of ego. When they wrote that song, The Sound of Silence, and Hello Darkness, My Old Friend, I got to tell you, the sound of silence is hard to come by. Because we're always thinking something. 
but I've learned and it still tries to creep in because you get those thoughts like, and I'm like, what the heck was that? And I catch them pretty early on now, but whatever vulnerability we have, whatever we might think we fear, we have to release it because then the power is gone. It has nothing. Fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt. So when we feel trapped by listening to this voice over and over again, when we feel trapped by that, we have to counteract it with the truth. When Christ talks over and over and over again about truth, love, and purity, those are our strengths. Those are our army, and they're the best army in the world. The minute you come from love, the minute you tell the truth, the minute you are from a point of innocence, that purity, ego has to work a lot harder to find a way in. And once it gets in, it usually isn't allowed to stay for long. Because any suggestion that comes into your head that gives you a convoluted plan on how to get in or out of a situation that you know and we know, one of the words to look for, no one will ever know. No one will figure it out. No one will will see it, will see you doing it. Just the no one will is a huge indication that ego is doing the talking. Just do it once. Take that drug once. Steal that money once. Hurt that person. You'll get away with it. You'll never know. Say something that isn't nice. This person will get hurt. Worry about it. You'll lose your job. Worry about that. Fear, doubt, worry. Control. Get people to do what you want them to do. Use people. It's okay. Other people do it all the time. Guilt. Make them feel bad to get you what you want. Fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt. It's a language. Truth, love, and purity. That's a language. We know them when we hear it. We are good people in our core. In our core. And with all the stuff that is thrown at us every day, and we see ego in our news, and we see ego in in different facets of everything we're hearing all day long, then we start to think, well, the stuff ego is asking of me isn't that big compared, and we start coming up with ways to rationalize doing things that aren't okay. 
for us individually. What I did was not okay for me. It made me feel bad. But that bled into my behavior of feeling trapped because it was entrapping me. I remember, and I said this in a, in a show probably three or four years ago, maybe more, when I told my kids what I did. And it, it wasn't something that affected anyone. It was something really stupid that I did to myself. But I couldn't call it a mistake because I did it. I had to be responsible for it. But I wanted to tell my kids, had nobody ever known, no one would have known, and it wouldn't have made a difference to anyone. But it did to me. It was really important for me to not have anything to hide from anybody. So I started with my son. And I sat him down and I told him, and he was like really compassionate and told me that was okay and thanked me for telling him. And I was like, wow, didn't expect that. I didn't cry when I told my son. But when I went to go tell my daughter, who's a woman like me, I bawled my eyes out. I'll never forget sitting. It was in a car before. It was just like the right time. I didn't plan to tell her that day. But she was like in her first year of college, and I went to go see her. And we were in a parking lot before we went down to a store to shop. And I didn't realize how much pain I had in that topic that just poured out of me. And when we got out of that car, I was not the same person who walked into that car. And her love back for me and her understanding of why. And she got to really know me as a woman, in addition to being her mother. That is how powerful the truth is and how powerful it is to say the truth instead of holding it. It would have, like I said, ego just got in and wanted to tear me to shreds because it was the one thing I never told anyone. And now I'm telling people. And it got easier every time. It got easier from the first time to the second time. So telling someone I really cared about, that was just flat out embarrassing, but I had to do it. And then I was free. And I really felt free. There's a question, someone put, can you include how to send it off once it's already found a way in? Tell the truth. That's how. The voice that we constantly hear in our heads out of years of conditioning, habit, try to make sense of things, how to pay attention. That's from Vincent Hawkins. Let your gut give the problem a good coding of instinct, and then you'll see what you have. That's what he wrote. Easy is ultimately not easy. It is the hard way. Go for simple, not easy. Go for truth. 
the only way to shut that ego down is to take away its power. And truth will take away its power. My setting myself up to tell the truth, I didn't care what the circumstances were coming out. I needed to get rid of it. And they did by telling the truth. Now I never think of it. Now it makes me laugh when I think of it. It even makes me laugh that that's what I held on to. It wasn't a big deal to anyone but me. But we all have something we've done that we think, oh, my gosh. And the only people I needed to tell were the people closest to me because after that, you know, I, I don't feel accountable to everybody, just to those people. And it makes me feel good to talk about it now because I've talked about it before. I didn't let it eat away at me and try to control me. And it was, even though nobody would have known. That's why Christ always says for us to self-account because it does shape our behavior. It does shape the way we walk, we talk, the things we choose to do, and the things we no longer need to do to prove to ourselves we are worthy. You guys, what a way to start Monday. Have a great week. I only have like a few seconds left, but I just want to let you know how much I care about all of you, and thank you guys for being here. And by the way, we are going to launch the master class this week. I don't say I will let you know tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.